Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Scratching the Surface podcast. I am your host, Austin Douglas, and today we have a special guest. It's Jeremiah Jennings from Growing Green Landscapes. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. How are you? I'm excellent. So this is like a continuation of the podcast we did the other day on your show. And I appreciate appreciate you coming on. Oh, absolutely, man. It's my honor. Sorry, I apologize ahead of time for the road noise. I, uh, I'm out and about driving around, but I wanted to wanted to knock this thing out. So, uh, hey, you got things to do, man. They're good. You got things to do. I got things to do. We all got things to do, and we can't stop. So that's right. Yeah. So, what do you want to touch on in this one, man? I mean, I know on on your episode we talked about poison ivy, we talked about mosquitoes, pesticide licensing, girdling roots. I mean, where do you want to go from here, man? Where do you want to talk about your business? What do you, what have you been up to? Uh, man, life is crazy right now. Uh, just crazy. So a little bit about, I mean, I'll just give you like the five second, five minute rundown of who we are, just in case somebody, uh, doesn't know who, who we are in, in our company. So, uh, like Austin said, growing green landscapes, I am Jeremiah Jennings. And uh, we started this business straight out of high school. Uh, this is go, this is year five for us. And it's been a great journey so far. It hasn't been easy. But it's been a good learning uh, process along the way. I've really, truly matured me. Uh, I really believe that we are, I'm a lot further along in life than I would have been had I not chosen this route. Uh, I am married to my beautiful wife, Savannah, and we have an eight-month-old named Jack. And so that is our little family. We've got two golden retrievers, Marley and Murphy. And uh, they keep us on our toes as well as an eight-month-old. So you try having uh, two golden retrievers under three-year-old under three years old and an eight month old. And, uh, it's, it's a little crazy out there, but, uh, <laughs> it's, busy. that's right. They will keep busy. I mean, if nothing else, we're just constantly cleaning up dog hair because they're inside dogs. And so it's like, if you know, golden retrievers, they shed like crazy, uh, but they're oh, yeah. good dogs. They're, they're great family dogs. Jack already, uh, yanks on their hair and pulls on them and they just sit there and look at him and, and lick him. So, uh, they're, they're good dogs, but, Anyway, that's that's a little bit of our family. Started the business in, uh, right out of high school. I worked with a buddy in high school doing this. And hit, so actually, bit long, long, long story short, this business is, could you, you could say this business's clientele is 40 years old, uh, about. Um, so the guy that I worked with worked for his boss, and then his boss, his dad owned it. And so it was passed down to his son. His son uh, owned it, and then the guy that I was working with, my buddy, uh, he worked for him, and then when he was ready to move on, then he bought that business from him. And then when my buddy was ready to move on, I bought it from him. So a uh, long line there. A lot of clients come through and have gone. I really – I don't know that I uh, – I don't even know if I have one client left that I was servicing when I took over the business. Uh, I think everybody's pretty much – we. it was in a different service area, so we've uh, moved on. We've kind of transitioned our uh, clientele a little bit. But – I bought the business with about 20 or 25 customers, I believe. I don't remember exactly, but uh, not not anything crazy big at all. He was just doing the pay his way through college. We were making a little bit extra money. Um, and so it, it was what it was. It was fun. It was fun while it lasted. But I decided uh, college wasn't for me. I went to college for a year at a community college, and it was okay. It did good. I mean, made good grades, things like that. But it just wasn't. I had no, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't have any, like, life calling. I was just going for a general manage, uh, business management degree. And so uh, I didn't want to sit there and do that for another year just to get prereqs and then go to a big school and uh, rack up a lot of debt. So not saying it's not for not saying that everybody should do it that way, but it just wasn't for me. So anyway, that's the way we did it. 
and I decided college wasn't for me. He said, let's take the business full time. Um, my wife, Savannah, my wife now, Savannah, and uh, we, we got engaged. I don't know, right? So I took it over straight out of high school and we dated for a year. They got engaged and got married. And so it's been a crazy journey. We're about to hit three years in marriage. Um, it's a, a you, lot man. has happened. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. Uh, a lot has happened along the way. And uh, a lot's happened along the way. But we're happy to be where we're at. Uh, not anywhere we want to be. Got a lot of room to grow. But that's kind of the, the very basic uh, rundown. Gotcha. I didn't realize that. You and I have a very similar similar background. I went to college for a year and a half. I went to a university and then I went to a community college. And very similarly, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to become a teacher. And looking at the school systems and how that all works, it's like, you know, do I really want to be a teacher in this environment? Probably not. And so I started to go down my passion with plants and I ended up becoming a teacher anyway, just about plants. It was really yeah, something you love to teach about. Exactly. But that's that's really interesting. I didn't know that. But that's cool, man. Three years in marriage. It's awesome. Uh, this year, my wife and I will be at seven years. So that's insane. Getting um, closer to 10, man. Every yeah. day. Yeah. When you get to 10, I mean, you've been married a whole decade. That's crazy. I mean, I've, I've barely been alive two decades. So um, you've been almost married a decade. That's that's insane. But yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Let me ask you, Jeremiah, what what does the future look like for your business? What where do you want to take it? How do you want to grow it if you do want to grow it? Like, what's, what's your future plans for growing green landscapes? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, right now, we're in, we're in pretty big growth mode uh, as far as, like, we're trying to expand our services a little bit. So we're mainly – we've been mainly mowing for the past couple of years. And last year, we got into some more landscaping. I, I love the landscaping side. I definitely need to be more educated on it. I'm trying to learn as I go. Uh, but – I like that side. Right now, we're getting in, uh, inundated with jobs that are like, it's a ton of solid work, a ton of planning, things like that. Those are, those are jobs we want to be doing. And so it's just, we're at a pivotal point where it's like, I either have to go all in on these jobs or I have to say no to them because I can't do them efficiently if I don't get equipment the right. Like, I just recently purchased a dump trailer. Me and you talked about it uh, before yeah, I did. bought it. And, and you were giving me some good advice there. And, and I ended up going with it. I went with the 7 by 14 uh, and so bought the dump trailer, but then we're at a pivotal point. Like I really needed some, uh, some type of mini skid and I'm thinking of getting just like a super small one, just a, like a, uh, dingo, uh, four, two, seven, just something very, very small, but it's still machine. Like it'll lift, it'll move. I don't have to do it hand by hand. It'll still grade. You save um, people's backs. Essentially. Exactly. You save backs. Yeah. Uh, you save like it, it makes it to where, so like with the dump trailer, uh, I, I'm talking like real life example here. The dump trailer is cool. It's great for like dumping debris and it's great for being able to like haul bulk mulch, dump bulk mulch. But like if you have, if you have eight yards of mulch and you're really budgeting six and a half to seven yards, but you always want to have like an extra half yard or yard um, just to, just in case you go short or something or another job comes up, you can't dump all eight out. Cause I don't want to shovel the extra yard and a half back into the trailer in having that machine in having that machine though. You can, it allows you to dump and you just, load it with a machine, skew it in the trailer. And, and it's not ideal, but I'm saying it's like, if you had to do that, you're not having to hand pitchfork a yard and a half. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Am I here? You're here now. 
I don't know what happened. Uh, it was literally totally fine. I don't know what happened. But my did, did my audio change because my AirPods. I wonder if my AirPods died. It it uh I think that's what happened because it just went black and then yeah I saw it go black. Do I still sound okay over there? Yeah, you're good, man. All right. Well, you actually almost stuff. sound clearer. To be honest, it's really weird. Okay, I, I honestly believe that because people like so we do a podcast as well, and when people say, "Oh, I got my AirPods in, quality should be good," I'm kind of like. Uh, they're really not that good. Most of the time it's better, honestly, just like over the audio. But uh, anyway, future you're, growing. You're, you're trying to mechanize your business yeah. to be more efficient. And through being more efficient, you're going to grow. And it sounds like you're 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 almost torn between like keeping mowing and doing mowing versus doing large installations. Right. Correct. That, yeah. 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 I, I don't have any plans on really canceling the mowing right now. I'm uh, so the last two years we've been working on uh, transitioning our service area. So we moved sides of town from where I started the business. And uh, so I, it, the last two years has been like I've scaled down, honestly. Like we've brought on new customers, but I've been cutting. I've cut probably 25, 30, maybe 40 customers the last two years because they're not in our route anymore. We just weren't making money on them. We were just, There was customers we were driving like 45 minutes for, and it just wasn't like it was not making money. So right now we're in super, super growth mode as far as clients go. Like if we're, if we're, if we can pick up clients in our city where we're at now, like we're taking them on left and right. And I want to fill up the mowing schedule because right now, right now with three guys mowing, we've got about a solid three and a half days to four days of mowing. Um, I, I want to get it to a solid four, like a solid four. Uh, I don't really want to get a solid five because weather. Uh, yeah. Wanna, what if, what if weather happens? What if rain happens? Then you get into a landscape job and then that gets pushed back and so on and so Correct. forth. I guess that. So I, I want to, but I want to max out uh, four days of, of mowing. And so we need to pick up another probably 20 to 25 customers. Uh, but anyway, that is where we're at. I don't plan on doing that. I'm just trying to work myself out of the field there. I'm hiring, I'm delegating. Uh, my goal is to be out of the field as much as I can be in the mowing. And so like even this week, as we, as we speak, um so if this comes out when's this i don't know it doesn't matter this week <laughs> this week we're going to i'm going to be actually with another guy doing another landscape job and while they're out mowing because we've got like six landscape jobs in the books that need to be get done by the end of the week honestly and i don't know that we're gonna be able to get them done but uh that's kind of where I'm, I'm at right now is getting a mowing route built up full time like four days a week and then their fifth day we try to do four tens but if they want to work more, then they can come work uh, on the landscape side and help us if we can't get something done. But um, that's where right now, grow the landscape side, mechanize. Uh, but I, I'm not, I, I'm not some, I don't want to grow a, a million or two million dollar company. If I'm being totally honest, like, that's just not my, it's not my dream for for landscaping. I don't see myself going. I feel like I'm going to be in the green industry for a very long time. Uh, at least, at least being some part of the community, having. Maybe it's having 50 yards and one employee that goes out and does it all. Like, I, I don't know what it looks like 10 years down the road, but uh, I, I love helping people in lawn care in the green industry. I don't love running the actual business all the time, I guess you could say. Like, I don't think I'm going to be doing it for 15 or 20 years. I'm using this business to catapult me uh, forward in my entrepreneurship journey. I guess it's, that's kind of how I like to describe it. It's um, a stepping like stone. Said, it's a stepping stone. Uh, like I said, nothing is set in stone. I don't think I'll ever not have it, but I could definitely see having it at a much smaller size, much more like I can hire one or two people enough to worry about it. Them good to go run it. And then me. So, cause right now, like, while I say that is because 
we, me and my wife are working on starting another company um, that's can't we just can't talk about it right now, but it's in the works. And so I'm, I'm trying to free up time from the landscape company to move to that company because it's going to take a lot of time to get started. But you never know, man. It, it's crazy. I'm just I'm just a serial entrepreneur. I'm young. Uh, I'm trying to to grow into that role of a serial entrepreneur, um, starting to start more things along the way, be smart with investments and things. But uh, we're just trying to grow our future and change our lives and change our family tree. That's kind of what uh, my goal in life is, is, just to give my kids um, what I like to know you had. That's right. And, and I had a perfect life. I had a great life. My parents raised me great. We had everything we ever needed um, and things like that. But I just wanted I want to do bigger and better. My dad was a full time minister. That's what he was called to like 100 percent support that. Uh, but I, I'm not, I'm a strong, I'm a strong believer. Uh, I'm a strong believer in Christ, but I don't, I'm not called to be a full-time minister. And so I, I want to give back. I want to grow businesses to be able to give back to the community, to the church, to, to homeless people, to the poor, to the widows. Like I want to use that as my platform. And so, um, that's kind of the route we're taking right now. So long story short or short story long, I guess you could say, uh, that that's kind of where we're at a lot of different irons in the fire. I'm just trying to figure out which route to go right now because like i said trying to mechanize trying to grow the mowing and trying to start this new business all at the same time is a little uh it's a little crazy but we're just taking it one day at a time i think we're in a very similar position man because i got so many irons in the fire right now too yeah Um, it's not a bad thing but at the same time you know it requires a lot of focus for each individual thing right whether you're that's the the hard part that's the hard part is giving each individual task what it deserves and that's one thing that i don't want to let happen is like I can already see this new business venture. Like we're, we're not even in, we're just still in development stage right now, but I'm just like, this is going to take a lot of time for the landscape company. Uh, and it's just gonna, I don't know, it's going to be a lot, but I, I'm, I'm pretty devoted to it. We've already kind of announced that we're doing it. So we've got to stick to it and at least give it a shot. But I want to make sure that we are giving each with And it might mean staying up till 12 o'clock, one o'clock at night doing estimates. Um, getting back to customers scheduling things like that doing these podcasts like it's, it's just crazy what life throws at you but uh, that's the life we've chosen so we're trying to give it all what it deserves and not let one uh one fall short absolutely right you gotta stay busy yeah, yeah I, I uh when i created the poison ivy academy i didn't realize you know how much that was going to take as far as effort um and I still, I honestly, I haven't even really marketed it because it still takes yeah. so much effort. And oh, then yeah. also like my service company, right? I haven't even really tried to market. I think last year, my marketing budget was like $4,000 for the year. And yeah. I didn't really try because I got to build this foundation to support what I dream it to be. And mm-hmm. we talked on your podcast, you know, I have a goal to create a franchise with this. What's the foundation required to grow a franchise? I've never it's done a pretty it. big one. I've never done it. Right. Yeah. And so I got to think about this thing. It's like, okay, I need all these pieces and then I can go vertical. Yeah. But meanwhile, you know, try and build other things, try and be a good father, try and be a good husband, you know, good son to my mother, all these other things, you know, but I have a question for you, man. What we were on your podcast and we were talking about girdling roots. What about that? Like, <laughs> like what about that triggered something in your brain to where you were like, what is this? Like you want, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. We, I don't know why it caught my eye so much. So I was saying on, on our show, um, go listen to that. That was released last Friday. Uh, go listen to that show in the growing green podcast. If you haven't heard that, that was a, that was a super fun one with Austin, but, um, I'm trying to think 
it was Caleb Allman was sharing about because you know um, Caleb has the most value oriented page on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> that that's sarcasm if you if you can't tell. But uh, go follow Allman Landscape LLC on Instagram. But anyway, he was posting something video in one of his job sites one day or something. It was and showed girdling roots and I was like that. Just I don't know why. I don't know why it caught my eye, but it did. And uh, then I saw you start to talk about it a lot. And it just kind of stuck out to me. And I just like now literally every tree I look at, I look at the, I look at the, the root base and I'm like, is in no joke, I would say a solid 60 to 70% of trees have girdling roots at some point. Man, you got to start adding that service to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. No, we talked about that. I mean, that that's another service. I have too many irons in the fire. I can't start. I can't do research enough to do girdling roots right now. Well, but you say, that, you say that, you say that, but then you got to look at the man hour rate to fix it. Okay. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I might not be well enough educated on on what kind of profits that bring in. So no, I'll, I'll tell you, I charge anywhere from five hundred to six hundred dollars to fix a tree for girdling roots, and typically it can take me twenty to thirty minutes to do it. Oh my goodness! Do you not get a lot of pushback for saying you were only here that long and you're charging me this much money? Nope. Really? Nope. And the reason is is because they only have to do it once, and it takes. So here, here's my. Years. Here's my question, and maybe another a listener out there has this question as well. How do you? What is your prop? Like, what is your contract state to them, or what? What are your guarantees to the customer? Like, if they're paying you five hundred dollars, I'm not paying you five hundred dollars for a maybe. If I'm the customer, I'm paying you five hundred dollars for hey, my tree's fixed. So what does that look like on your side? And, and I, what I'm saying is like you probably can't do that. You can't guarantee anything. Um, you don't know what, where, what's around the tree or whatever, but like when you're charging somebody $500 an hour or $500 for 30 minutes, which I'm not arguing with, that's the value. That's the value in the service. Like, I don't know how to do it. That I guarantee you the average homeowner doesn't know how to do it. So no. there's, there's value there, but are you like, what is, what would somebody, if they wanted to offer that service, what is their liability? Well, there's a lot of liability, right? Because if you cut too many roots or the wrong roots, the tree could just snap and fall over. Exactly. But, but here's the thing, right? You you kind of escape the liability because you say, look, this tree is going to fail no matter what because of this. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is trying to mitigate that. And ideally, the tree will bounce back and it will live another 7,500 years because we did this. You know, but if you leave it like okay, this, so your so your pitch is, or you're not your pitch, but your um, what you're telling the customer, what you're informing the customer on is like, hey, if you don't change this, the tree's dead. Like the tree will, will die. It will end. Okay, so all you're doing, you're you're not saying, oh, hey, we're fixing your tree; it's gonna be great. You're saying, hey, we're just doing life life saving surgery. We're gonna try our best. It might come out. We're gonna do everything we can. Tree preservation services. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, I mean, of course, like I said, the tree could just blow over, but ideally it doesn't. And you have to, uh, you have to calculate and think, you know, how bad is this? You have to know, but, but that's the rate. And so could you afford to have a guy go out there and do that to trees every single day, all day, more than likely? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I mean, what have you seen the the customer base ask? Cause like, that's something that I feel like a customer you have to be educated on that. That's not something that a customer is just going to say, oh, man, look at these roots. I need to call somebody and pay them $600 to have them cut up. Like, how do you go about marketing that or even like getting those customers? Well, this is the first year for me to even offer the service because I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the compressor. I didn't have any of that. 
I did know about it. And so I would always educate the client saying, hey, this is harming your tree and you should probably contact a certified arborist who's educated in doing this. And I explained okay. to him what, what happens to the tree. Yeah. But now I can say, look, we can fix this. You only have to do it once and we can do it at such and such a date. You know, at so that, that point, it's on, it's on them. Do they care about the tree enough to invest in it or is it better just to remove the tree or, or replant a new tree? Things like that. Right. They have to determine that. I can't determine that. I got you. But, but that's a service that you might be interested in and that it caught your eye. So there might be a reason why it caught your eye. Yeah, no, it, it definitely caught my eye hundred percent. I'm just kind of like, can we add that in? Can we figure it out? I don't know. But I think we, I don't know. I think down the road, we probably can. It's going to be something that, uh, at, the, at those, at those rates, we probably got to figure out a way. What, uh, what's your off season? Do you guys have one down in Alabama? Yeah, we do. So we can't we can do pretty much anything um, in the winter that we want. It doesn't get cold enough that we can't do stuff. The ground never freezes. We can always plant. We can always do sod. Builders are laying sod here in December and January all the time, like like all the time. So we can do that. Now, do you have that work coming in most of the time? Most of the time not, not unless you're hooked up with a builder or something like that. So we actually do uh, Christmas lights. And we do those from October to December, take them down in January. And that's something that was a new service we offered this last year. And it went pretty well uh, starting out. Honestly, I didn't really do much marketing. I might have put 100 bucks, 120 bucks into some Facebook ads. Um, no more than 200 bucks at all, like 100 percent, no more than 200 bucks uh, into Facebook ads and things like that. So I uh, did that and we got, I don't know, I think we did like seven, eight thousand $8,000 worth of revenue in Christmas lights. So it was a good year. Not bad. It's, it's not bad. It's not anything crazy, but uh, it's, it's a decent amount to start up. Like your startup costs aren't expensive. It's just like material, your materials expensive to get started. And we're doing a rental business. So like the customers don't own their lights. They're renting us, they're renting their lights from us. So our upfront costs for those lights are obviously more expensive because we're paying three, four, five thousand dollars on the material. So that first year the profits don't look that good. But then now this year and years going further, all it those changes. customers all those customers that paid me eight hundred dollars to put them up last year, but I had four hundred dollars in lights, well this year it's just gonna be eight hundred dollars in profit. I mean, I have my labor costs involved in things. So yeah, but the the, the numbers look a hell of a lot yeah. better. <laughs> exactly. Fifty to fifty time fifty percent better most of the time. So um, I, I'm excited for that. It's going to be fun. It, I enjoy doing That's something that I actually really enjoy. I don't enjoy hanging off of crazy steep roofs and things like that. Uh, we were very picky and choosy with our uh, with our customers. We did ones that I felt safe on, uh, but we all got all the right equipment and things like that. We're probably going to invest in some more equipment this year, uh, but it, it was really fun. It's really cool being able to see like you're lighting up, and that's, that's one of those things like you have to educate the customer because – they can say, why can I not just go buy Home Depot lights and throw them up there myself for 85 bucks? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like you're getting these, perf like we're custom cutting these lights to your house. You're going to have these lights. If you continue to come back to us, you're going to have them every year for the next 30 years. If you live in this house, like they're going to be here. And your um, house is going to have this image every single year. It's going to look the same. It's going to look beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I've always yeah, thought about uh, doing Christmas lights, but I, I'm not a fan of the cold, man. I'd rather go to Mexico. What did you say? I'm sorry. I said I'm not a fan of the cold. I've always thought about doing Christmas lights, but I'm not a fan of the cold, so we always just go to Mexico. Mexico, dude. How long do y'all go for? Uh, two months, usually. Are you kidding me? 
I need no. to go with you. I need to get on your schedule. <laughs> That's insane. But yeah, it does. Luckily, it doesn't get as cold down here. So I mean, we're average. Our average winter. Our winter average is probably mid forties. Uh, that's probably our mid forties, low fifties are the highs during the day. So I it's not, you. it's not great, but it's not absolutely freezing either. Um, so it's, it's a good service for us. It keeps us busy. We do leaves. Our leaves take a long time to drop. So we do leaves all the way into, into December and January. Uh, so we kind of go, we have some time there. We do one or two days a week of leaves and then we got Christmas lights the other days. Uh, and so we're going to hit Christmas lights a lot harder this year. Um, well, I was going to say yeah. the reason, the whole reason why I brought up what's your downtime is because yeah. if you did want to start fixing girdling roots, you could batch all of that, all of those oh, yeah. jobs in the off season when you don't have that much work. That's, that's my plan. And that was my plan and yeah. wanting to offer that service because our season for mosquitoes and poison ivy is from like May to September. So our season's super short. So how do I extend it on both ends? So it doesn't matter. The weather doesn't matter when you cut those things or whatever. Like no, I, ideally you do it in fall. You can get away with doing it in springtime. In summertime, you just the, the client has to water their trees substantially. But it, it's best in the fall. So you don't so, really want to do it in the summer then? Ideally, no. It's too hot. That because that well, that increases your reliability. Like that's something she, that's something I feel like you need to have in your in your contract to your customer and be like, look, we're doing this, but if you don't water your tree, that's on you. It's kind of like down in the south, a lot of times. Uh, people will not plant during the summer. They won't plant shrubs unless there's some type of drip irrigation. And same thing with laying sod. Like I, I discourage laying sod from like middle of June to the end of August because I'm like, it's there's no irrigation. If it's too hot. Like if you water it every single day, then that's fine. But I'm not warranting it because I don't know that you're watering it every single day. So, right. You can't verify that. Exactly. So be able just for anybody out there listening, Make sure you're thinking about these things. Uh, you have to make sure that you're, you're, you're not held liable for something that you can't control, which if you don't have that stuff written down on paper, because it's not in a text message somewhere, like there's not verbal communication between you and the customer about whatever this is, um, then it can really come back to bite you. Yeah, I, I know all too well about that. I've been going back and forth with a county for a poison ivy job the last month because of contract language. Yeah, and they, they I have a, a terms and conditions in all of my quotes. And the last term and condition is a liability release. Basically, it holds me harmless for any damages. And the moment they sign that I'm good, likely I will never have to touch my insurance for anything because of that little part of the terms and conditions. Well, the county didn't like that. And so they scratched that out and said, you can't have this. And the whole project, it's it's this crazy house that's been neglected for years. It's got poison ivy growing up underneath the siding, coming out at the top of the siding, going up into the gutters, into the roof. I mean, it's it's a mess. And the county is paying to fix this homeowner's house. And so it's like, okay, well, what do you want me to do here? What's the scope of work that you guys are doing? I need to know these things for, for me to give you the best results. And they want me to partially remove the poison ivy when their contractors are going to come in and do work around it. And so I'm thinking, it's like, well, if you know, you're not going to sign this here, what if your contractors get poison ivy? What's going to happen to me? Are they going to sue me? Yeah. And, and so we had to go back and forth for like the last month on figuring out contract language. So that's really good that you bring that up. I highly encourage anyone out there to have a lawyer and go and talk yeah. to them and invest money into 
you know, protecting your assets, protecting your business. That's yeah. It's so worth it. Yeah. hundred percent. Like we, we have a local, one of our commercial uh, sites that we picked up this year. It took an extra week to get the contract signed because of that. We were waiting on their um, legal department. It's a, it's a large uh, publicly owned company and we were waiting on their legal department to come back and fix our, cause we have our standard contract that's reviewed and, and le- the language works most of the time. They had certain things in there. They want to change certain terms and conditions, certain verbiage, just like from, instead of saying the the property, then they said like that they wanted the name of the property um, that like the, the name of the business, like they wanted this stuff, like all this stuff dialed down. And so uh, it took like an extra week and a half, but I, I now look, I now use that version of the contract now with other people. I, I delete their name and put the new customer's name in there. And because and, I know that it's been, it's been revised by a whole legal department. Uh, they, yeah. They, so you pretty much got free legal work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that, that's exactly what I did. So maybe if you don't want to hire a lawyer, just go find a company that you trust. And, <laughs> cause, Cause I know the guy at this company. So like I, I, I trust them and, and their, their company and, and I reviewed it and everything is fine, but I'm saying like, you might get some free, you might get a good contract out of it if you just go and uh, try to get a good commercial like that. Absolutely. Well, Jeremiah, I know you had a hard stop here in about 30 minutes. We're right about there. Um, I appreciate your time, man. And it's been fun. It was fun on your show, and I hope you had fun oh, on this yeah. one. Maybe no, we'll get we you got, back later. Yeah, we got to do it again. I mean, I, I'm good for another few minutes if you guys have else you want to talk about, but if not, we're, we're good to wrap up. I, I thank you for uh let me come on and hang out tonight it's been a it's been fun getting to just kind of chat with you more and get to know you a little bit better and hopefully uh we'll see you at equip i don't know you can't be leaving your uh, newborn baby though so who, who knows about that we'll we'll see but um it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time i think the green industry is a great industry i'm glad to see you making a name in it and growing your courses and things like that that's something that i think a lot of people are going to learn from and so uh, always adding value always giving back that's what it's all about that's what it's all about, man. The one last question that I'll ask you before, you, if if you got time, yeah. is have you ever thought about um, getting your pesticide license down there? Do you have a pesticide license? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, but I I needed to about five years ago when I started the business <laughs> uh, because, I mean, here I think it's pretty much just like anywhere you have to have it to spray, uh, just to spray Roundup. You're you're supposed to have it, and so that's I didn't know that the first three years of my company I was just doing it and so i was just yeah. spraying around up like well, i'm just spraying weeds in people's beds because we were not treating lawns or anything but we were just spots spot treating in natural areas and things um and it was two weeks three weeks after i cut my fingers off with a hedge trimmer um we were out i was back out in the field and we were out and i was spraying something i mean what it was and the uh, the inspector for the department of agriculture drove up and i was like oh my. i was like what what do you want like what am i doing and he was, uh, luckily, I was like, hey, look, I just cut my hand off. Give me some grace. And uh, <laughs> so he, he let me go with a warning and, and didn't find me. Um, but it's $5,000 in Alabama if you get caught with it, without if you get caught spraying without it. And so um, we we don't really do a bunch of it anymore. I'm not, I mean, Department of Agriculture, come get me. Don't listen to this show. I don't know. We, we've done it uh, a few times here and there for certain properties. I don't encourage it. Like, it's not something that would ever stand behind and say do. Um, but there has been times we've had to do it. Um, so it just, it it is what it is. But I, I need to get the pesticide um, yesterday. That was the answer well, to your question. Something that I was thinking about yesterday when it came to you down there, 
Yeah, uh, you guys, you guys probably have to trim shrubs a lot because it's so all hot. All the time, all the time. Like when yeah. y'all, when I see guys in North say, "Oh, we trim shrubs two or three times a year," I'm like, "What? Like, no, we got to trim every two weeks." Okay, so as as far as me adding value to you on this podcast, yeah, I would encourage you to go get your pesticide license, and then I would also encourage you to look up a product called Trim Tech. It's mm-hmm. made by Rainbow EcoScience, and what it is, it's a plant growth regulator. Uh, I've heard about that. Yeah. And so you can apply it to your shrubs down there. And instead of, you know, every, how many weeks did you say? Two, three? Yeah. Every two or three, most of the time. This will extend it out to eight or 12. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So you do a simple application. You still charge the same to trim the shrubs, but mm-hmm. now, they, now they look better. Yeah. Right? They're because, not that big. Yeah. Yeah. They stay nice and dense. The flowers are nice and dense, everything like that. That could be a, a really big money maker and labor saver for you if you have to send out people trimming shrubs that often. If you can free yourself up all those times to trim, now you can do larger projects. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. That that is really good because that um, the pesticide thing needs to happen. I, I've actually had the study material. I need to just sit in and do it. Uh, it's it's really not terrible here. It's just take like I said, taking the time in the midst of everything else, but. Um, that's just an excuse. If it was a priority, we'd get it done. And, and it is a priority, so we need to get it done. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I think that's really good. That's something that I, I've seen. Like when you go to Disney World, if you've ever been to Disney World, you go into these uh, super tight spaces, but they have a bunch of shrubs in there, a bunch of, like, big trees and stuff. Uh, and, and there was one spot specifically that I remember we were down there just a couple months ago. And I was like, how is this place not going to just get, like, super grown up? And I posted on Instagram and somebody replied and was like, yeah, it's definitely got, they've got growth regulators and everything. So um, they're just not going to let it get super crazy big, which I, I never even, I've never even thought about doing that on our shrubs here. Um, And I mean, I guess you could, would it work theoretically? Would it work for something like uh, say an emerald on variety and they're, if they're going to get 10 to 12 feet tall, but we want to put it in a spot where it's only going to get eight feet tall. If you just keep that stuff on there, will that keep it from, getting up or what does that I mean that's something that where uh trim tech is is primarily for shrubs that you you trim with a trimmer right okay. that's a you would use a more concentrated product that's called cambostat or shortstop um both of those products trim tech or cambostat they're both a, a product that's called pactributrazole and it's mm-hmm. a plant growth regulator a tree growth regulator one's just more concentrated um but it's a you know, either way, yeah, you could slow the growth substantially of that arborvitae if you kept it on a program. Okay, that's good to know. That's hopefully that brought some, brought value to me. So uh, I think you succeeded in your goal there. I, I know it brought some value to some listeners out there too. So yeah, uh, I appreciate it, man. Of course, man. Well, I was just thinking about your business down there, and it's like, yeah, you know, if how often does he trim shrubs? <laughs> so, but all right, Wait sir, I know you got to go. I appreciate oh. your time, and. We'll catch up later. Yeah. So, man, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no I'm ahead. just saying I appreciate it, man. I just I appreciate the opportunity to come on. It's uh it's fun getting to hang out and network and just grow new relationships. That's what we're all about. So I hope that everybody in the in the in the audience today got a little bit of value. And uh I, I hope that I'll be I know I'll be coming back for some more episodes of, of the podcast if they do as well. Absolutely, man. Well, everybody out there, I appreciate you listening today. We know you got value, and we hope you come back for more. Uh, go check out Jeremiah's podcast. What is it called, Jeremiah? Yeah, Growing Green Podcast on all major platforms, and then Growing Green Landscapes on social media. All right, man. Well, you have a good night, sir, and enjoy your weekend. Yes, sir, buddy. You too. See y'all. See ya.